Hello, everyone. I am Mike Fingeroff. I'm a technologist with the Catapult High-Level Synthesis Group. And today we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence and machine learning basics. And with me, I have Ellie Burns. Ellie, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, thanks, Mike. I'm Ellie Burns. I've been in EDA and electronics for probably almost 30 years now in, in ranging from different aspects, but mostly focusing on the hardware and the ASIC and the FPGA design. So really, we've come into AI and ML, and Mike and I will start talking about that as we've kind of more on the, the hardware design aspect. What kind of compute resources does it take in trying to see where this is going? So Ellie, Everywhere we look today, people are talking about artificial intelligence and machine learning and throwing around a lot of these terms. And we're seeing it deployed across many industries and applications. Why is AI and ML becoming so pervasive now when pretty much it's been around for 70 years? I think it's a really interesting question because if you look back at the the history of, of AI and ML, yeah, it was invented back in the 50s. So you're like, okay, well, that's not new. So what's different? What's what's happening now? And I guess in summary, I'm kind of seeing basically three things are different now. One is the compute resource. Two is the, the amount of data. And three, the, the algorithms. So let me expand on that a little bit more, right? So as far as compute, we didn't really understand how much compute power that was really needed to run these kinds of algorithms. They thought, well, you know, we need the supercomputers of the day or we need, you know, I can run this on kind of various racks. But it quickly became evident that these algorithms needed a huge amount of compute resources. An example, and I'll expand on these examples as we kind of go through this and talk about the different neural networks, but a very popular network now, one that's kind of started it all, a network called AlexNet back in 2012. It took six days to train this network on two high-end NVIDIA GPUs. That would be weeks on a normal computer, maybe months. So way underestimated the compute resources. Even today, we look at a, a network that I'll talk a little bit more about, ResNet 50. That takes 14 days to train this network. So these kinds of compute tasks, you know, back 20 years ago, actually probably wouldn't even been possible. That would have been years in CPU saying. So there's a lot of research to continue to make that faster and faster. But be aware that that the compute resource for for these is is ginormous. The second thing is the data. We had different kinds of data sets where we had, you know, different images or voices, it's things like that. But now with the advent of all of the photos and the and that kind of stuff that's online, we have this huge data set. And I kind of want to refer to one kickoff moment, which was a data set called ImageNet in 2009. And this was built by uh, Fei Fei Li and her very small team. It's really kind of a fascinating work where she presented this in kind of a small corner of a conference. But it consisted of 3.2 million labeled images in over 5,000 different categories. And this idea of having an image with a label on what it was this is what it took. So not thousands or hundreds, but millions of images and 
hundreds and thousands, if not you know, months of CPU time. This is what it takes. And so now we've got all these different databases that are coming from things like Amazon reviews. So natural language processing could take Amazon reviews. So it's got you know millions and millions of Amazon reviews. All this is online. Or Google now has started Open Images, which has 9 million different images. So you're going to hear a lot about, you know, as we go through in AI and ML, it's all about the data. It's this data is driving these models, enabling these kinds of models to and algorithms to be experimented on. And then the last thing is really the algorithms. These are improving at an exponential scale. It's, it's really exciting for me, as long as I've been in this high-tech industry, to see such rapid evolution of something that's, you know, I don't think in my time I've seen such rapid evolution of, of changes and algorithms and hardware, right? So the compute costs have gone down, we have new data sets, and now all of the algorithm developers have both of those things to work on. Just a quick example of something like the ImageNet challenge, right? So it really started between 2010 and 2017. They went from, you know, 71% accurate, which is not near enough accuracy to actually do AI, to 97.3% accurate in just that short seven-year period. So, you know, it's really incredible advances in this. I'd say probably one of the really defining moments was, you know, in 2012, where this deep neural network called AlexNet was really seen as a catalyst. And this was really the start of, of the boom of the AI industry. So if I think back of kind of where things really made a difference and what's, what's kind of propelling us forward today, AlexNet, and when they first went into that amazing accuracy to say, okay, I'm not I'm not recognizing characters and ears on a cat and all that sort of stuff. What I'm doing is I'm training a computer to recognize the pieces. So that's really been driving things at, at incredible speeds. Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. I can see the need for compute power simply because, as you mentioned, with having to process millions of images, just knowing it from a image processing background, that that's an incredible amount of, of compute complexity that you're going to need to implement these algorithms. So along with that, we hear a lot of buzzwords today that are getting thrown around when people are talking That's about uh, AI and ML. What exactly are deep neural networks and, and what does it mean when someone says it's either convolutional neural network or they abbreviate it as a CNN or a recurrent neural network, which was abbreviated as RNN? That's a great question. I guess I'll start with probably the the definition. So you're going to hear AI, artificial intelligence and machine learning, which is training a machine to be intelligent. And then the implementation of that is a neural network. And in the case of deep neural network, you know, a neural network is really an algorithm that's really loosely modeled after the brain. I don't know if you've ever gone through and looked at, you know, how our brain works, right? So our brain has all these different neurons that fire and they're connected with all the different connections. And basically the human brain has to try to detect some sort of pattern, right? So a deep neural ne network like AlexNet, which I referred to a little bit earlier, which is a convolutional neural network, is really a collection of neural networks. And think of these kind of as layers. So they're layers that are stacked together. So when you hear a, a reference of a deep neural network, then it's got basically more than a couple of layers. And each layer is really looking for something specific in an image. Let's, so I'll keep on 
talking about image classification. So for example, the Alex Neural Network, if you're looking for cats, one layer might be looking for cat's ears. Another layer might be looking for whiskers. Another layer might be looking for the tail. Another, right? So you've got all these different layers that are trying to break apart this and detect the, each of these features, which is kind of feature detectors. They're then all combined together. And once you combine all of these together, you get a very accurate classification of what the network was looking for convolutional neural network, which is typically used in image processing, as you said, is really that's all about what is the algorithm at the core. So at the core of this network, each of the nodes is really doing a convolution, which is very typical image processing. So convolutional neural network has convolution at its core and typically is, is doing image processing. Other types of deep neural networks, basically, you kind of have different types of algorithms at the core. So simplistically, you know, I've got different types of networks do different types of things and work on different types of data. So other deep neural networks, such as uh, an RNN, which stands for recurrent neural network, they're used in applications such as natural language processing. If I said the example earlier, a different neural network is going to be the one that is trying to understand language as opposed to a neural network that's focused on recognizing cats and dogs and bikes. So those are two different algorithms that are used and two different networks. So in general, neural networks, as we said, are really computationally uh, expensive with, with basically hundreds of billions of computations per second. Thanks, Ellie, for exploring AI and understanding how neural networks work today. Tune in to our next podcast where Ellie and I will discuss training versus inferencing and the role of AI in the industry.